Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for another edition of Adventures in Careerland. host for this podcast we are in season four episode six this is the 44th podcast so we're making great progress we were a little unsure we'd get past number one but we're making progress we're growing we're learning and we have another great show for you today i am the career and entrepreneurship consultant in the, in the louis real school division and my current office is in the arts and technology center in said division it houses 13 programs. One of these incredible programs is the Broadcast Media Program. And I am the beneficiary of students who work in that program. They are producing this podcast. And I'm so fortunate to have their gifts alongside me. Even though I'm the old guy. I feel like I'm Martin Short or Steve Martin in that Murder in the Apartment series I've been watching. And I've got two Selena Gomez's here. <laughs> That's that's <laughs> what I'm thinking Selena right now. Selena Gomez's. You know, it's it, 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 you have to watch this. I love watching this so show. So what's what's the name of the the series? Well, let me introduce you first. You oh, yeah, a little yeah. over, Sorry about that. A little <laughs> overzealous, uh, but I like that, and that's what I love about working with youth. I've been working with them for 40 years. I love working with youth because they're so full of zeal. I love it. So first we have CJ identifies they them, who is one of our producers. Hi CJ, how are you today? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm. You know what? I'm always just. Again, I'm looking for the light in the dark room all the time. So, And you are my little burst of light. We have an extra burst of light we'll talk about in a minute. And, of course, André Boisjoli. Yes. And he is he, him. And how are you doing today? Doing good. And we asked that with great, with great concern because you just got over COVID. So, André, tell us how your COVID experience was. Last time we spoke to you, you were right in the middle of it. Yeah. Right? I think you went down a dark hole with COVID. Oh yeah, it was, it was bad. So I, I got I got the fever for two days. So I was stuck to my bed for two days. How big was that fever? Oh, 102. 102. Yeah. That's hot, baby. It, it was hot. Yeah. So what does that mean? You're sitting in the bed. You're just lying there. Or yeah. do you have any energy? Like, no. tell us. You're you're a young person, yeah. right? And you've been vaxxed and all that stuff. I yeah, think, yeah, right? yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know. Usually I would consider myself a okay, you know, an energetic person ish and i just had absolutely no energy to move i couldn't move out of bed everything hurt really? <laughs> it was not fun no i remember waking up in the morning and i just felt bad it was everything hurt it was well you're over it so but i'm you, over it now yeah you got and you feel like 100 percent. 110 percent. yeah that's fantastic yeah because we were all cg and i were very concerned yeah because anyone who gets this now the vaccine how long happened. did you have it for i think i had it for about a week Oh, okay. Yeah, so I caught it on what, Monday because my dad had it. And anyways, he got it out of plant or something, and uh, he brought it back home. And anyways, got it Monday, and then I think it was fine by Friday. Well, I'm kind of worried. I'm going to the James Taylor concert, okay, <laughs> on Thursday. Oh, have, really? Have you heard of James Taylor? Never heard I of him. I think I have, yeah. How have you heard Jackson of Jackson Brown? Jackson Brown and yeah. James Taylor. Yeah, yeah, Oh, yeah. good for you. People stay just a little bit longer. Yeah, where's that? That song, Jackson Brown. Yeah. 
No clue. <laughs> really, CJ? Oh, I've seen fire and I've seen rain. I've seen sunny times when I thought it would never end. I've seen lonely times when I could not find a friend. James Taylor. Yeah, James Taylor. You can come keep on, the, CJ. You come can on. keep singing and oh, I won't. Gosh. I won't know who it is. Yeah. This again. If uh, you want to keep going, go ahead. I'll listen the, to you saying. I just don't know divide, who it is. The divide gets ever deeper and yeah. longer. Anyway, <laughs> hey, we have uh, this is a show that's going to be. I think it's going to be an off the chart amazing one. Okay. Because I'm, we're bringing today a former student and oh, a student athlete of mine way back in 1993 from River East Collegiate. I knew him as Jamie Alish in those days, but now he's James, as, he's like, as he likes to be known. And uh, this was an amazing student I worked with. So James, this is, we're excited because we, we, we think we have kind of a superstar on the podcast today. So welcome to our podcast. Well, thanks a ton for having me, you guys. Awesome to be here and awesome to be connected back again with you. James, how are you, sir? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Um, Andre, good to hear that you're doing doing better. I think everybody has their own COVID uh, yeah. journeys and stories, but yeah. uh, great that you're, well, you're you, doing better. Well, you went through it too, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. I've had it a couple of times, you know, fully vaccinated. A couple whatnot, of but, times. Uh, yeah, yeah. Anyways, I don't know how much time we have, but some crazy stories. My wife and I were, uh, we were actually, do you remember when it all went, went, went down, when it all broke? Yes, w- w- without the vaxes, right? Yeah, when it all broke um, uh, in Wuhan, my wife and I actually were in Italy. And when we, when we were, we were on a trip in Venice, and when we got off the plane there, we didn't, we never heard the word coronavirus, didn't know what COVID-19 was and and there were these guys in full-on hazmat suits <laughs> scanning us as we're, as we're getting uh, off off uh, the plane in the airport and no idea what's going on so the week that we were there the world just got turned upside down anyways we made it home and uh, everything was okay but about three weeks later I got COVID for the first time and it rocked me pretty good for about a month and then just recently started traveling again and unfortunately got it again and Andrea here you no fun absolutely yeah. no fun yeah, well, you got it at the start. That that must have been pretty surreal. Yeah, yeah it was the start and just a, uh, a month ago. So I've had the book in. A so. month ago. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty Anyways. recent. Well, you're in good shape. Hey, our, our podcast is all about, hey, I like to talk to folks that I've known over time. We, you know, we've been in a trench working together in my classrooms or at workplaces. I do a lot of work with um, uh, lots of business partners, well over these thousands of business partners that we've worked with in the past. We like to get their stories. When when people listen to this podcast, they like to hear the story of what calls you made, why you made them, and what journey you were on as you iterated through your pathing. So I'm thinking about you back in River East, back and way back. What courses were you into and what were you taking and what did you like? What did you gravitate towards? Yeah, I liked two courses. I liked anything to do with music and I liked anything that had me in the gym. Those are the two courses that I enjoyed, <laughs> which is why you and I spent so much time together. That's right. But uh, no, I, I, you know what? I would say I would say back in the day, back in high school, struggling through high school, I think, uh, you know, I was always for a crazy reason, a form of uh, or a fan of math. So that served me well. So to all you listeners who are wondering whether or not math actually has a place in this world, I'm here to tell you that it does. And then I remember... Um, you know, being a big fan of the storytelling of uh, one Mr. Brent Graham, a uh, friend of both of ours in his entrepreneurship classes. And now in hindsight, knowing that he was he was faking it till he made it uh, with half the stories, but man, <laughs> did they teach me a lot. And uh, he was an amazing teacher. So entrepreneurship stories and classes probably 
helped put a bit of a fire in me in the early days, as well as uh, lessons from you. Yeah, and, and Mr. Graham, Brent, and I still keep in touch. And uh, yeah, he was an influence to me. He was kind of like a, a big brother to you. He's like a dad to you, but he's like a big brother to me. <laughs> and he was, uh, he was full of stories, right? And they were amazing stories. I, I remember going out yeah. at night with him many times. And um, when we weren't scribbling basketball plays on napkins, he would regale me with some crazy story he had up in Swan River about him working with these people in a coal mine. And oh, it just amazing stuff. Amazing stuff. Those are those opening moments where school has a purpose for everybody. It, it helps you connect to curiosities and helps you gravitate to, to certain pieces. So you're finishing high school and you told me yesterday, cause we chatted yesterday, Hey, you wanted to make your own way. You didn't want to burden your parents with, with costing. And you came out of high school actually junior high first you came out of junior high with this group of friends we talked about that are amazing you still keep in touch with a few of them talk about that coming out of john pritchard into river east and we were excited because we just heard about what a great basketball i was a basketball coach with graham and uh we were just excited about you guys coming through the pipeline to us so what was that like with your group of friends talk about that and how important those guys were to you yeah no absolutely we were a pretty tight crew and and uh it's funny to reflect on it because when you're, when you're that young, you don't really understand what you have. And you don't really understand what's going on around you. But uh, yeah. So just maybe share a couple thoughts on that. And then maybe to your question on lessons learned coming out of high school, share yeah. a thought or two on, two on that. But yeah, the group, um, we just had a ball, right? Like we, there was, there was a group of us that really enjoyed uh, all sports, but you know, uh, leaned heavily into basketball and, and volleyball. And there was quite an eclectic mix. If you'll remember, we had, at six foot six, we had Mike Leonard by the time he was like 12 years old. And uh, we had Sean Marchand running up and down the court and Ralphie Lagman and Stan Klaas and um, a whole group of us, Mark Dick and Vernus the Furnace came up a year or two behind us. And uh, it, it was it was great. And you, you, you mentioned it yesterday. I think when you just spend that much time with peers uh, through good and bad and just through life, uh, you just you just develop a high trust and I think that word that you shared nailed it. And um, so when we transitioned into high school, we just kind of didn't know any different. We just kind of thought that we just kind of keep doing our thing and then got exposed and pulled into some other great people from other surrounding schools. And um, and away we went and had a, had, a, had a great experience through high school. So that was uh, that was kind of the, the, the privilege that I had of being part of that, I guess you could call it part of a little tribe, which we've just reconnected. I was telling you, just reconnected during COVID. We shared a shared a, a cheers over Christmas or New Year's and uh, Sean and I both live out here in BC and we stay connected. Every time the Bombers play, we're ripping each other on text and doing our little, uh, <laughs> I think that's the by, one good thing play. that has come out of COVID is a lot of people have reconnected with uh, people that yeah. they haven't talked to in like years. Yeah. Yeah. But, but their group was amazing. And my, my son has a group like that and you have to, boy, you have to honor and, and, and appreciate that because not everyone has that James. Like they just, they don't come out with that group that you guys had that my son has. My other son d didn't have the same exact experience like that. And yeah. it's, it's, you didn't have cell phones, right? Yeah. Like you weren't, you were outside playing on, on the streets and hanging out on the curbs and shooting hoops at the local, uh, you know, junior highs and stuff. Why is that? Yeah. Why is that experience so special compared? Think about today where kids are on their phone all the time. Yeah. Um, why is it special? Um, you know, I reflect now through my own kids, right? Like I've got, uh, twin girls that are just about 16 and a son that's about 13. And I reflect on that chat with my wife. I think, you know, I think the obvious one would, would it, was it taught us, 
um, taught us independence and uh, taught us also how to all also how to function as a group. So kind of the two polarities, right? Like how do you, yes. how do you grow up, grow yes. up quick because uh, you're, you're a little more out there on your own than some kids are these days. And also how do you, uh, how do you function as a team? How do you communicate, you know, uh, and, as, and you a, as a young group? And I loved it because he came up as a group playing basketball together. And I got you as a fresh, the gang as the freshman coach. Yeah. What I loved yeah. about you guys is you held each other accountable for everything. Yeah. Uh, on on the floor, and you all were quite aware of your own skill sets and your complementary yeah. skills, and how you contributed and how you felt responsible for pieces. And I always loved you because uh, it was you were that guy. And I've talked about this in a previous podcast with another student. Um, like I just tapped you on the shoulder and said, "Jamie, you need to stop that guy." And uh, the look on your face was you were the backup point guard. <laughs> Like you were, you were like, you were such a great athlete on any other school team. You would have been the major starter. You would have been the point guard and they never would have taken you off the floor. We had three of you. Uh, right. You know, I, I, if, 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 if the guys that I mentioned were on this podcast, they'd probably see that. That would be debatable, but I appreciate the compliments. <laughs> no but, way. Yeah, like, no. like we had three Everybody. guys and, uh, you know, between you, Stan and Ralph, yeah. it, it was, and we moved Ralph up to varsity, which was a mistake, but it was yeah. uh, in, in my mind, we talked about that. But it was uh, we we had so much talent there, and when you guys played, and you loved that that call, go stop that guy, over yeah. the scoring, which I never everybody likes to score, but you took that on like the de- the defense you offered. That's a different level of of person and character who loves the defensive part. You and Zolkowski, I don't even remember Kevin. Oh, Big Z, yeah, Kevin, yeah, the Big sure. Z. I talked to him sometime too. Mm-hmm. You love mm-hmm. taking that charge. Yeah, we did. We did. And it, well, let's be, let's be honest, right. It didn't, it didn't hurt the fact that we had a number of guys around us where Kevin uh, would agree with me that were just had more God given talent than us, right. You know, guys that went on to do some pretty unique things, play professional sports and, and, and go on good journeys. But uh, I think you nailed it when you said everybody kind of had a role and um, supported each other. There was a good amount of development mental tension amongst us as a group all the time because what we wanted to do is we wanted to win which is fun to be part of right you don't you don't really understand again what you're what you're uh what you're experiencing when you're in it at that age but looking back it was it was it was a good a good kind of catapult would you um, say uh would you say basketball with having teamwork and having to work with other people that are usually very different from you does that kind of go into your work life a bit that you are better at working with your coworkers as a team and everything? Yeah. Uh, great question, CJ. I, I think, I think it would probably go beyond basketball. Like I think the group that we had would be, uh, and even into the arts, whether it's music, you've seen the choir playing in a band part of drama, whatever your thing is. I think the group, the group that uh, Magnifico was mentioning there, you know, we probably all would have played a number of different sports. A couple of the guys really excelled at volleyball and a couple of us played basketball and, and, and football, uh, myself football there personally, foot, football was probably my best sport. But um, I think the answer is the answer is yes, for sure, for sure. And um, uh, you 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 definitely can take lessons learned from that into your career uh, if you take the time to you know reflect. I think some people have a lower level of introspection; they don't really catch you know really catch what they're actually learning or or benefit from what they're going through. But if you if you can reflect and you ask a great question, like does that actually is that transferable? I'd say yes. Um, and I was sharing, I was sharing, uh, yesterday on our call for myself, probably one of the most profound lessons that I took out of that time 
was um, that would definitely have trans- transferred into my life, not just career, but definitely life and then career and businesses. And, you know, I think totally influences me today is the fact that I was, I was surrounded by people that just uh, had a higher talent level than me. And um, to compensate for that, I felt every day I had to outwork everybody. And that wasn't necessarily them telling me I had to, but I, I knew that just, just to, uh, to compete or find my role or, or help the team win, I had, to, uh, I had to deliver a different level of effort to make up for my lack of ability. And, um, and I think that's something true uh, in careers as well. Like I was on a podcast recently where someone said, you know, what advice do you, would you give someone that's just starting up their career? It's funny. That's one of the things that came out of my mouth. It's um, you, when you lack experience in a role and sometimes it's frustrating as a young emerging leader or person in any kind of role, uh, you're wise to understand and expect that you should compensate for lack of experience with, with work ethic. And over time, right? That, that balances out, right? Your experience is your experience. You can lean on more. Um, but, uh, I definitely would have, would have, uh, developed that for sure. Uh, in those early, early years wearing a Kodiak jersey and, and, and to be honest with you, sometimes it was pretty frustrated that the effort level wasn't matched and, and that's not by everybody, but I think all of us would have been frustrated by that. I think those are great words too, like motivational words. Awesome. CJ, that was a great question. You know what I, you know what I picked up on when you said there the reflection was all important. Yeah. And, and you know what, when I, I do career development throughout the division, I've done it for the past mm, 15, 20 years. When you left, I started a program called the career internship program there at River East. We won all kinds of national awards. It was just about helping students get in touch with themselves. And what I discovered, the key part was school doesn't give us time to reflect on why we're learning and what we're learning and where it can lead. We just keep compartmentalizing content that we spit out that we need to acquire and keep moving on to the next one. So your reflection piece is huge. Like as a school piece, I see it as the major weakness in school. There is no time in a 30 credit system in Manitoba for students to stop and ask, why am I taking this? And someone tell me where this leads. And sometimes even when you ask a teacher, they don't have an answer for you. Which is the oddest thing. What do you think of that? Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. And I would agree. It's not just, I think it's not just cool. I think it's, it's symptomatic of society. I think of, you know, oh, yeah. my organization and I think of my experiences. Um, and, and it's also even harder when you're a high achiever and you're someone that is driven and you have high attainment because you're so oriented on the future and you're oriented on the next goal. And what am I trying to accomplish? And then you layer on someone who's a leader and you have more responsibility. So a hundred percent. But one last thing is, you know, some people have a prefer have a higher natural preference for introspection and some don't so that right off the bat some people naturally do that but when i was listening to you just just now i was thinking you know at that age you know you're you're 16 17 18 years old i i don't know that 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 students would know how to reflect like like what are the right questions to ask and um and then what do i do with that and just to be okay that it, there isn't necessarily an answer but it's just about processing where you're at and processing your learning, processing your, your feelings. And that over time you will get clearer and that's okay. But yeah, yeah. I think you, 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 you nailed it. No, but that's awesome. It, it's great to be on the path of the questioning all yeah. the time. I think you're absolutely right. It will become clear as you gain more experience. We talk about in this, in this podcast about connecting your dots, but you can't connect them until you collect enough. And then if you just keep collect, 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 collect without looking back on them and reflecting on them, um, 
you may not be making the right decisions. You may not be asking the right questions of yourself. It's super important to come up with those questions. And even when you don't have the answer, to keep iterating and pivoting into spaces that help you get this clearer sense of who you are and what's important to you. You know what I mean? I think that's uh, one of the things that happens, like, especially if you want to ask a teacher a question about, like, uh, why does this class matter or why should I use it in the future? And they don't give you an answer and you lose the motivation to keep asking because you've already said, like, the teacher has already told you, I don't know. So then you're like, oh, okay, well, obviously every teacher doesn't know the answer. So then you won't ask anymore. Mm. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Hey, tell us a little bit here about your path after high school. We're spending a lot of time in high school because we love high school. <laughs> and because you guys uh, are yeah, in high Yeah, we're in high school right now, so it makes sense. That's okay. That's okay. Connecting connecting to the, to, the, to the listeners, right? Like, that's right. Your audience, rule number right on, one. Uh, right on. But sure. So just my little bit of my path. And yeah. Tell about the path, what you chose. And you had this entrepreneurial verve all the yeah. time. And you all also had it on the court. Like I always saw yeah. that in the way you would defend people the way you would move, the way you would turn to them. It was always incredibly athletic improvisation. Uh, I yeah, believe you remember that. That's unbelievable. <laughs> no, with great foundational skills, the way you moved your feet. I, I have pictures in my brain about those teams. That's like, as much as Graham was a storyteller, I was a visualizer of all those things, and I continue to write about them. I, I, I write for yeah. magazines and, and, and different things, yeah. and I remember those pieces. I'm, I'm just trying to figure out an article about how goalies, I'm sick of goalies falling on their knees. Falling on their knees, yeah. I'm so well, sick of uh, it. And I'm visualizing it because I'm mourning the loss of Guy Lafleur today, right? This yeah, is my totally, hero. Totally. I loved yeah. him. I told you, knew I loved the Habs, right? Everybody knew I loved the Habs. In my you room, still do. I still do. I always will. And it's painful, but I still do. And uh, it, it's, it's, I'm watching all the highlights of the old Lafleur and Mike Bossy moments. These two great yeah. players have passed on. Uh, and I'm watching the goalies. I know they kind of suck sometimes, but at least they were standing on their own two feet. Like, take it like a man. I'm so tired okay, of these so here's, so here's something for all you listeners that you just need to connect. So we just <laughs> talked about reflecting. We talked about teaching. How do you do that? One thing I was going to say is one of, the, one of the things that we should all be grateful for is the coaches in our life who help us reflect. And I look at you, and I'm listening to you, and I'm having flashbacks of hearing your voice in the gym at 6.30 in the morning. Oh man, that stand, must have sucked. Standing there. Okay, so he wouldn't move. He'd walk, he'd unlock the door, and one or two of us would come in the gym, and he would meet me early because, again, remember, I didn't have the same skill level. So I would have to put in more time, but you would be there with your Tim Hortons coffee, and you'd plant yourself in the gym, <laughs> and you would just yell at, yell at me and make me uh, run and do drills. But you, you, I think I gently of, suggested. This is a different the, perspective. <laughs> The brilliant, no, the brilliance of what you did, and you would just keep it simple, and it's like elbow in, elbow in, elbow in, and then it was just footwork for defense over and over and over and over and over again. And uh, so it doesn't surprise me that's your comment about goalie standing up because I saw that in you, and you transferred that to me in part when I was uh, 16, 17 years old. So anyways, enough about that. What was your question? What a mentor. My, my, what a mentor. My, my, my <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm great. Yeah. Do you understand like how important I was? Okay. Because these two guys don't get it. <laughs> you went anyway, around bullying on about the like, abs. Uh, yeah, I, I feel yeah. like Steve Martin and these are my Selena Gomez is from that. You gotta watch this series. It's <laughs> no. a great series. 
a murder Boy, murder yeah. in the apartment. I think it's on Disney. That it's doesn't even sound. We're all over the place. Before we started recording, I was telling uh, Andre and CJ about your mullet and your. <laughs> yeah. Italian, you need to find a picture of that, please. I'd love what? to see a picture. No, yeah. no bling. I, I wasn't that typical Italian. I know the hairy chest, no heavy bling. You didn't ride a motorcycle. But uh, there were friends. Okay. That, there were friends that I worked with from time to time who uh, sometimes, you know, they swim with a fish. There's nothing I can do about yeah. that. But the anyway, you sound like the dude My, in every mafia movie. <laughs> right on. So tell okay. us about the path now. I, I want Journey, okay. what sure. we want to know yeah. is what kinds of things you did that you chose yeah. to do and moved on. I mean, you're the you're yeah. the uh, managing director of one eight hundred Got Junk with a lot of other responsibilities there, which means you run the place with pretty big yeah. company. It's a billion dollar potential company. Where do you start? Yeah. So I was, I was, so in addition to sports, I, I, you know, I worked a lot as a young guy and I was fortunate to, uh, to have, a, uh, some connections and family friends that owned a, a moving company in Winnipeg and, you know, evenings, weekends, and summers kind of through the end of high school and the university, I, I, I would in the summertime just work 80 hour weeks and, you know, take my $5 and 10 cents an hour. And I thought I was banking a lot of coin and I, and I did. And then, uh, so that, that taught me work ethic. And uh, I credit that family, the Mueller family at time for investing in me in those early, early days. And then I, you know, I went tree planting uh, after, after high school and uh, went to the University of Winnipeg. And that's kind of when the entrepreneurial journey began for me. And um, I, was, uh, I was in the University of Winnipeg in the Duckworth Center. I don't know what it's called now, but uh, saw a poster for an opportunity to run a business as a student, run a painting franchise. And it said, earn $10,000, run your own business. And I was highly skeptical and didn't know the first thing about painting at all, but um, I, I was, I had a passion, you know, for business. I was just thinking probably the first business I was ever part of was Graham. And when he launched the Kodiak shack, so I don't know if that's still around, oh, but gosh. we launched it. We launched it when we were, uh, yes. in the group there. Yes. Yeah. Do you remember, we built, remember we built that shack? Physically built it. Oh yeah. Yeah. And like when dra- I say launched, I mean launched. We launched a shack <laughs> in the school. He physically dragged me out. I think, what am I doing? I don't, I, yeah. we were building a thing and we put his face on the door proprietor. <laughs> Do you remember that? I loved it. Oh yeah. And yeah, we yeah. sold hockey cards. Do you remember that? Yeah. Hockey cards. And that was your first business and, was selling hockey and, cards. No. Anyways, I digress. Anyway, so anyways, so the 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 opportunity um, was on a poster. So I I uh, I I made a call and plugged in and and uh, connected with the organization called College Pro Painters and what they they've been around for twenty five years at that point, even in the nineties, and they were founded by a guy named Greg Clark out of Thunder Bay, and they they were in the business of uh, recruiting and training and teaching uh, student entrepreneurs to. Um, to operate full cycle um, exterior painting businesses and, and uh, that involved you know, marketing, that involved uh, running a P&L, that involved recruitment, training, uh, management of the whole thing. And so kind of did that. And I took all that stuff that we talked about from our sports conversations and I got a taste of entrepreneurship where I experienced the reality of really what you put into something is what you get out of it. And for me, that was a very, very exciting thing. And, uh, not only was there no ceiling on, on, you know, you know, what I could uh, earn to pay for my school or you know, buy my first house or whatever it was, but I got to pick my own team. I got to pick who I played with. I got to provide work for lots and lots of people and, and see them grow and develop. And, and that was pretty cool. So that, I ended up doing that for uh, all throughout my university career. So I kind of ran the business full-time, went to school full-time and then ended up staying with the company for, um, for what was around 15 years, uh, moving into a role of general manager where you're kind of like at that point uh, leading a region 
of a team of 20 to 25 franchisees yourself and then ultimately moved out to Vancouver in 2021 as a vice president in Western Canada and kind of led half the country doing that and um, had a team of 100 franchisees at that time and uh, started started uh, taking on more responsibility. So that was kind of the college pro journey. And then... Um, well, think about then, the college pro for a second there. Like you're one who mm-hmm. said, what I love about this is you walked by a poster, you saw something. How many people walked by that poster and did nothing and ignored it completely or didn't even notice it was there? What was your keen eye like? Were you looking for these things when you saw when you saw items that you gravitate toward? Because the world is full of people who walk by opportunity and don't even know yeah. they've missed it. Yeah, yeah. I uh, would you say you I, had a I gut believe... feeling? Because I know some people kind of have that feeling, like mm, maybe I should <sighs> do this, even though yeah, that I, they don't realize it. I, I don't know if I had a gut feeling, but I would have like a, a core principle that I believe in, which is ask questions. And I would have seen that even at that young age, you know, 18, 19 years old. And, you know, I talked to my kids, I kind of got this list of you know, lessons that I hope you learn from me one day. And one of them is just be inquisitive and ask a lot of questions, ask more questions than you speak. And, uh, and I think at that moment, I was just like, hmm, I want to find out more. I had no idea where I was going, but um, the opportunity sounded like a good fit. And uh, lucky for me, like those, those years, I tell you, I was so fortunate to have amazing coaches and mentors pour into me and teach me and coach me on on leading people at, at such in hindsight at such a young age i was just a kid in my 20s and so where and do you find I, mentors uh, though that, that that's a great question like mentorship is enormous right when you have yeah, the question yeah. and somebody can actually answer it with dexterity yeah. and insight what's yeah. what would you say to people who are looking for mentors where do you find them yeah, uh, well, I, I think you don't have to. It's, it's 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 hard and it's easy at the same time. I think there are people that have. I think what what you're looking for is you're looking for people who have a passion to actually do that. You know, I listen to you in your role of and uh, what you've done with uh, career and entrepreneurship with students for forty years. Like you're that guy, right? That's your why. You're, you're looking to invest in people and develop people. You know, I look at what I do. I look at what I do now, and and. Um, what jazzes me is the opportunity through business to help change lives and invest in people. Um, that's, that's not everybody's jam, right? But there are many, many, many people. So that, that would, that would love to uh, support people who have good questions. So I guess I'll sum that all up is look for people who are happy to be asked questions and ask questions of those that are more experienced and older than you. Like part of that too, is you step outside your comfort zones all the time and try things. Is it fair to say you really only find those people when you do that most of the time in, into experiences where you're giving it a shot. You seem to be attracted to it. These people are already there. It, it is part of that. You have to take, you know, smart risks in how you move and what yes. you experience oh, and what absolutely. you try. Yeah. Those words, I couldn't believe, I couldn't uh, emphasize more smart risks, take smart risks for sure. And life is a, life is a journey and a, and, a, and a collection of taking risks, not stupid ones, but smart risks. If you have the opportunity to take a risk and, it, and, it, and you kind of follow the 70, 70% rule and 70% of you says, this makes sense, go, move. You're never going to get to 100% or else you just stall. But um, I think also part of it is luck. Like, you know, life kind of puts people in front of you that uh, you can really learn and develop from. Um, the other thing I will say is, is uh, you know, I've had this conversation many times over the years with people is, is when you get out of high school and you're, and you're getting into the workforce or you're through university, 
one of the core questions you should be asking, I believe, from my experience, is talk to is is how can I develop through this? Talk to me about the development path of people that work for your organization and interview the person that's interviewing you. Like, can you give me some examples awesome. of where people in your organization have started and they've actually developed? Yes, I can give you some examples. What were their names? Tell me their stories. Can I talk to them? That in hindsight is what I would encourage, you know, Andre CJU to do in a few years, because lots of organizations talk about it, very few do it. And, but when you do plug into those organizations that take it seriously, and I'm talking about leader led development at every level of the organization, magic happens and people realize their potential. So when you're talking about uh, like making sure to ask the right questions and everything, would you say you're in a position now where you're the one answering those questions? Uh, yeah, I, th I think so. I think I'm also asking, you know, I think I will never stop asking. Um, well, you can, yeah, you, you can know, never I'm, stop I, learning. Yeah, that's yeah, true. That's true. Yeah. yeah. I think I'm a, I just, I just love to learn. I think, uh, uh, an attribute of any high performer would be, um, that they're a constant learner, you know, to their last day. But, uh, I think I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate. I probably have a bit of a good balance for both of them. And you mentioned the stories too, like you're, like when you hear a great story, uh, all the way back from Graham telling you this half-baked story um, about something where you're kind of connect, you leave it and you think about it. When you hear stories today, do they still kind of grab you and, and twist you around a bit and think, hmm, what is it about that person? And when a person generates the great story, I, I was in an interview for something because I do lots of interviews for writing. And it's funny you say that because I inadvertently started asking, you know, when they ask, do you have any questions for us? And most people just say, uh you know, oh, when, when will you know if I will get the writing job or something? Because I do lots of writing. And uh, I started asking him a question. The interview went on for another 20 minutes with me asking the questions mm -hmm. of this person about where are you from? How did you get here? It's fascinating. Fascinating about how stories connect to people and how they build relationships with people that you didn't think in the most innocuous way sometimes. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, Maybe, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll give you the super fast end of my journey here and then I'll add, kind of weave in an answer to your question. Sure. Um, so early 2000s wrapped up the college pro piece. I had the fortune of working with a guy named John Neek, did a little bit of consulting. And then I, then I had a, uh, the, the great fortune of meeting someone named Brian Scudamore. Brian uh, was the founder of a company called 1-800-GOT-JUNK about 30 years ago and good friend um, now. And, uh, he was looking for someone to um, fill a role, leading some sales functions and leading the operations of the company at that point when they were just going through some hyper growth. They had kind of a 370 franchise, franchise ease, which we call franchise partners, and they just crested 100 million in revenue. And through uh, a mutual connection, a network of his and mine, we connected and I kind of started in that role with him and, and the leadership team. And, uh, and they were in the business of creating uh, stories like helping people uh, achieve their dream of entrepreneurship through franchising. And that was, that was, uh, it was almost 20 years ago, but my, my, my career has been uh, majority of it has been through or plugged into the franchising world and small business one form or another. So went on that journey with 1-800-GOT-JUNK up until the recession had some family things happen that caused a bit of a life turn temporarily bought a business, not part of a franchise business, grew that business with some partners for five years, then ended up coming back to the organization um, uh, about eight years ago. 
uh, actually as, as a franchise partner came back buying, uh, one of our local businesses with Brian and then quickly kind of merged back into the role of, of, uh, leading, uh, one of the brands that we had. Now we've created an organization called O2E Brands. We've got three, three different brands. Um, what I had to got junk being the, the, the largest, but my point is my career, my life work, I almost, you can say, or my career has been, um, very connected to through franchising, helping people experience the dream of small business and entrepreneurship in a, in a structured systematized way. And the stories I could tell you and and the people that I've met and the lives that have been changed through this are just, um, amazing and, um, gets me up every day. And, um, you know, believe small business is a vehicle to, uh, to impact people, the economy lives and, um, excited about what we're doing right now. So at the end of the day, it's all just, just people. And you talk about asking questions like that's, that's at the core of it. Hey, and that's, that's so life affirming when you're seeing, when you're, when you're, you're creating stories, people telling their stories of I'm, I'm, I'm changing myself. I'm being proactive. I'm, I'm helping the economy. I'm, I'm taking to, risks. I'm taking I'm, risks and I'm getting yeah. in touch with my possibilities. That's what, for me, that's what career yeah. is all about. Do you, are you really getting in touch with your best strengths and how you can make a difference to other people? So this must be life affirming for you. It's gotta be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I love, I love it. You know, as an old, as an old sage, I just want to say, I'm very proud of you, man. Making, going down this path and just changing the lives of others is what it's all about. And I think everyone in our own way changes the lives of others. You're doing it on a, you're scaling this and you're. Well, I've been, I've been, like I said, I've been very, I'm no different than you guys. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just this, uh, you're hard working. You're North, North Kildonan. Kildonan. Who well, outworks, so are you, who right? outworks it. I'm, I'm from St. Boniface who outworks everybody. And that's, well, that's one of the great messages I get. I'll just work harder than people. I don't always feel as skilled as they do, but I will get as skilled and I will work on the next skill set, and I'll just outwork everyone. And build relationships. I see those pieces in you, but I always saw in you as a great talker, as a great empathizer, as a great, as a great thinker in school. And I, I'm so glad this is happening to you. I'm so glad you're sharing your wealth of who you are with others to help them build what you were and what you are and what their possibilities are. I love this, man. Hmm. I just want to just highlight some, something again you said, which I think is is so important. Like the work ethic, that's one piece. That's, you know, that's table stakes, but you, you can't, you talked about skill, like skill when you're in high school, you know, whether you're playing basketball or playing a trombone is one thing, but, um, I have, I, I, if I, if I can encourage you, I'm looking at you, Andre and CJ, like the, 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 um, value of being a student of leadership skills, I cannot put enough emphasis on. And if you have the opportunities, any of the listeners who are in high school right now to connect with business leaders or not just business leaders to learn, people call it, sometimes call them soft skills, but learn these skills around, you know, how to select a team, how to coach people. Coaching is providing high support and high direction to change the performance of someone, how to coach someone, how to, how to really listen, right? Magnifico can hold a day long seminar just on effective listening how to set smart goals and hold people accountable to smart goals, how to build a culture of accountability, how to, anyways, all these things, like the, 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 that word skill, it's not just a word. So you combine 
work ethic with someone who is relentlessly pursuing skill as a leader and you, anybody can change the world. And uh, then you take some risks and mix that in and um, yeah, you can have a pretty good ride. So just wanted to highlight that word. That word is very important to me. It is, but you're selling yourself short. It takes some unique people to do what you're doing and, and, and to share your leadership as, as model for people. Like those are, those are powerful pieces. I, I think you're doing great. Uh, listen, we're going to put you through something. I'm sorry. It's uh, one of the lame exercises we do in this podcast. It's, called it's not the, lame. It's great. It's called Quick Cues. They kind of invented it. And it, uh, we're going to ask you some short snapping questions. You have to answer quickly. We, pro- we promise not to comment on any of the question, uh, any of the answers no you promises, give. No promises. Yeah. These guys don't know how this thing's supposed to work, it's, <laughs> but it, it's quick one. So it's going to be quick snappers. Are you ready? I'm going to turn it over to CJ for the quick cues. Let's go. I'm actually not doing the quick cues no. today. It's going to be Andre. Oh, it's going to be Andre. It is okay. me. <laughs> so... We'll start off with the first question. Dog or cat person? Uh, both. Unfortunately, both. Does pineapple belong on pizza? Heck no. <laughs> Favorite potato chip flavor? Um, Lay's barbecue. What do you put on toast? Butter and an egg. Summer or winter? Summer. Messy or tidy desk? Tidy. Star Wars or Star Trek? Neither. If I had to pick one, Star Wars. What's expired in your fridge? Nothing. My wife's unbelievable. She would never let that happen. Starbucks or Tim's? You know, both good options. I go Starbucks, though. A little, uh, little flat white is uh, a little grande flat white is where I go. Favorite social media? Only social media, LinkedIn. Just just LinkedIn for me. My kids keep me up to date on everything else. It's called the quick cues there, man. Just so you know. You don't have to explain <laughs> it. Sorry. Right. Sorry about that. Sorry. <laughs> that's, why I mu- that's why I muted our mic so we couldn't talk. <laughs> no, that's fine. What sport do you play? Uh, basketball. Outdoors or indoors? Outdoors. Favorite genre of music? Uh, oh man, so much uh, hip hop. Favorite artist? Oh man, David Hasselhoff. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. Just throwing you. <laughs> Toilet paper over or under? Over. Morning or night? Morning. Do you believe in ghosts? No. And your greatest fear? My children being hurt. And our last and final question: favorite podcast? Uh, Ron, Ron, if you have to think about it, <laughs> your part, your part. There we yeah, go. There you go. That is the correct <laughs> answer. You got the answer right. He got the answer right. I, I, I'm a little, little aghast that you had to think about that, <laughs> James. But uh, we'll, I had to just give him a little we'll nudge. I was, I, was, I, was to the, I was trying to recall. No, 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 that's no, an no, excuse. No, a, yeah, that's an excuse. You had to think about it, but that's okay. <laughs> you, you came, you came as a good teammate of ours. You came to the right place at the right time to deliver the right answer so that's mm-hmm. what teammates congratulations congratulations on that hey jamie we really appreciate you taking the time today this is a lot of fun and it's so fun connecting with you yeah uh i again i'm so proud of you and what you're doing and the kind of life you're leading and kind of influencing influence you're having on others uh to build their dreams the way you've built yours i i hey i'm just i'm just so proud that you're also on this podcast with us so Thank you, sir. Hey, I appreciate it. I, I appreciate you guys. And uh, this is no small deal what you were doing and, and the messages that you're trying to deliver and, and the influence that you're trying to have. So it's mutual. I'm grateful for the opportunity to to have a few minutes to, to connect with you and share some stories and, 
and laugh and uh, Andre and CJ to meet you both. So you guys are doing a good work. I, I appreciate the chance. Well, yeah, it was an honor to meet you. It's, yeah, it was, yeah. It was really something. Great. Yeah. And the Great next time you're in town, I'm wearing one of these cool shirts. The next time you're in town, the Adventures in Careerland sweatshirt is yours. Got to always hold plug. You, that. you hold me to I that. Will, I will save one will. to you because I know, uh, well, I know you're probably working out. What, what time do you get up in the morning? I'm thinking because we were talking uh, about five thirty six o'clock. Yeah, that's what you yeah. kind of implied same time, yesterday. Same time. Yeah, that's same what time. I get out. Yeah, I'm up. Yeah. Uh, I I I think I'm just in my deep REM by that time. <laughs> 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 I'm pretty sure Andre sleeps in really late because he's always late to class. So. Yeah, whatever. We don't want to bug him with that. Anyway, <laughs> thanks so much, James. Appreciate you being here. And that's another edition of Adventures in Careerland. Mm-hmm.